0: you. Amen. Let's preach with the preacher. And after service, we've got someone to baptize in Jesus' name. Brothers Park.
1: Praise the Lord, everyone. Hope you brought your Bible night. I'll need the screen, brother. Not as much right now, but in just a little bit, we'll need the screen. Hopefully you brought your Bible. If you don't, hopefully someone beside you has a Bible they'll share with you. going to look at the word of the Lord. Um, We're living in an insane world, and thank God for a sane God. Amen. It's it's crazy out there. It's when you think you have got things figured out, and which way they may be going with certain things, they come up with something new and throw a curve. Um, Talking about our political... um, world today the democrats i'm sorry i can't ever figure them out Um, seems like one time it looks like they're going this way and this is what they're going to do and the next thing i know i'm reading and i'm going where in the world they come up with that we need god if we've ever needed god before we need him in 2011 i'm telling you and our children and young people need god they've ever needed God, they need Him today. There's things they're facing that we didn't have to face 30 years ago when we were in high school, some of us. Amen. Okay, maybe I'm the only one that was in high school 30 years ago or 35 years ago. But but they're facing some crazy stuff, especially in our colleges and universities. There's some stupid stuff going on in those colleges that 30 years ago would have never happened in college. You know, there's pictures and things they see that they would have never had to dealt with many years ago. Hebrews chapter 11 is one place we're going to go. Psalm 119 is another place that we're going to look in the Word of the Lord. And um, I'm going to allow you to be seated for just a moment, and then I want to read you some stuff, and then we're going to go read those verses of Scripture. Over the last... Several weeks, I've noticed something in our news, and I've heard it both on the radio and I've read it in articles, but I noticed especially this last week when I would read news articles, I kept seeing a word in there. So just let me read you some articles or parts of articles, some headlines that we have A lack of progress on some of the economy's biggest issues from Europe's sovereignty debt to increasing signs of the U.S. economy is in danger of slipping back into recession. This will drive more uncertainty and moves from one extreme to another. Deity goes into retirement, another headline. Taibans face uncertainty in a post Dalai Lama era, August 27th. Rebels advance mass uncertainty over Libya's future. The tax code also need to reform, Heller said, and made simpler for individuals and employers for cutting out special interest holes. The continual threat of tax increases feed the uncertainty that serves as an impediment for economy economic growth here's another one and these are all of these are in the last four or five days directly from news articles I'll just read the last line from CNN why is this so and how should we go about making decisions in the context of uncertain forecast Uh, is anybody getting a word here is anybody seeing a word here that's mentioned several times We are living in a world of uncertainty. Can somebody say amen to that? It is all around us. How forecasters develop hurricane's cone of uncertainty. On August the 25th, the brinkmanship of negotiations with uncertainty over where the government might default on the deal. This significant sequence for the security and stability of the region. Second... China clearly believes that it can capitalize on the global financial crisis using the United States' economic uncertainty as a window of opportunity to strengthen China's economics. Since we have less, these are all different articles, I'm just flying through them, less information about earthquakes on the East Coast, we'd had to incorporate that. Uncertainty in our estimates. <laughs> With Lib- Libyan rebels reaching Tripoli, the end game is at hand. Intense fighting may lie ahead. Many questions and uncertainties remain. You know, people are getting all excited about all these countries over there where they're throwing out dictators. I got, I'm just a little reserved on all of that because. I do not agree with the dictators who were there and what they were doing, but I also see what's fixing to take over in those countries, and I don't know which one is more evil. I mean, Gaddafi, he killed a lot of these extreme terrorists. He got rid of them. One of the problems that Israel's been facing in the last two weeks has been from the Egyptian border. The reason why because they had peace with Egypt and they trusted that Egypt would take care of their entry into Israel so they didn't have to worry about that but because of now the leadership there has been overthrown now people that are sympathetic to those guys are now in control of those checkpoints so they're letting him into Israel creating more uncertainty There is uncertainty almost everywhere you look. CNN's Diane Magnan reports on the uncertainty surrounding Germany in the current deficit, uh, debt crisis. Another one. It is easy to sit on the sidelines and complain about policy uncertainty in Washington. Now, China's banks, the only certainty is uncertainty. <laughs> I just grabbed a few of them. When I was reading these different articles, this word kept jumping out to at me, uncertainty, uncertainty, uncertainty. This is what they are writing. This is from people who do not have the Holy Ghost. They're not any, uh, most of these guys, you can tell by their article, they have no association whatsoever with religion. If it is, it's definitely not our kind. And yet, they, in their own estimations, in almost all of these articles, and I could just go for a long time right here, they keep throwing in this word uncertainty. Now, then, look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 3. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 3. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 3, it says this Through faith we understand. And I'm going to stop. We're going to look at the rest of that later. But I really want you to really focus on those four little words there. Through faith, we understand. Now, Psalm 119 and 130. I'm not going to take things out of context. But I don't want to confuse the issue until I lay a little bit of a foundation. For that verse, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse three, Psalm 119 and verse 130 says this: "The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth what? Understanding unto the simple." And I thank God that that's possible that He can give understanding to the simple because that way I can have understanding. But look at this. Again, I'm going to read it one more time. 130 of 119. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou up on me, Lord, and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name, verse, one, verse 133, order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. We are living in a wicked society. Can somebody say amen to that? When you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, those four words says, through faith we understand. There were no eyewitnesses of creation. When it says, through faith we understand, he goes on and says that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Honey, there was nobody with God in the beginning that could say there and write it down and say, this is what happened. The account of creation is solely through the inspiration of God when he inspired an author to write Genesis and give us the account of creation the account of creation is not totally conclusive it doesn't give us all the details it gives us enough details the details that God thought that we needed to know he gave us those my, what there are books and thousands and thousands of books about what really happened on that day the first day of creation by itself no eyewitnesses Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 starts then. It says, through faith, we understand. Through faith, we understand. The only way we have an account of creation is through this precious book. Faith cometh by and hearing by the... Thus, faith enlightens our mind, folks. Hear what I'm saying. Faith enlightens our mind. It gives us understanding. The Word of God gives us understanding. That's the reason why we need faith. That's the reason why we need the Word of God. It's because it enlightens our mind to really let us know what's going on in this world of uncertainty. We're living in a world, honey, where the enemy is trying to confuse us. That's his, it's his whole plot, oh God, no. is to confuse the church. Yes, sir. People are sitting here right now confused about things. They're confused about things on their job, confused about things perhaps in your home, confused perhaps even things in the church. Yeah confused about even your walk with God and things that are happening in your walk of God. Let me make sure you understand. You better wake up and understand the enemy is trying to confuse your mind. Faith will enlighten you. The Word of God will enlighten you, but the enemy will confuse you. See, man is limited to what he knows. Thus, his decisions cannot be foolproof, folks. Folks. It is the unknown that complicates our lives. It's the unknowns that complicates our lives. If you knew what this week held, you would make different decisions than you made last week. If you knew certain things were coming your way this week, you would make different decisions last week or even today. If you knew what was going to happen to you at the end of the day, you would make a different decision in the morning time. See, it is the unknowns that complicate our lives. We can plan for the knowns, but we are left to the mercy of the unknowns. (laughs) It is those unknowns that create uncertainty in our life, folks. See, the laws of physics, they hold true. We can calculate the water or the volume of water in a bathtub. The reason why is because of the knowns. We know how high it is. We know how long it is. We know how deep it is. Thus, we can calculate to the very point how much volume of water would be in the bathtub. But you cannot calculate how much water and volume of water is in Hag Lake. Because even if you measured it, if there is just a one foot by one foot by one foot hole down on the bottom, you messed up. It's that little unknown that you could not see that makes it impossible for you to be precise. Thus, it creates uncertainty. And let me tell you something. When when your evaluations or your calculation involves people, there will always be uncertainty. (laughs) It is the God-given power of choice that creates uncertainty. I bet you 10 bucks that he's going to. I bet you 10 bucks he's going to. Well, there's that chance that he's not going to that causes somebody to pull out 10 bucks, pop on the table and say, I bet you. Because it's the uncertainty. Why? Because it's the power of choice. Because he can choose to do what you think he's going to do. Or he's going to blow you away and do what you didn't even expect him to do. And it's those power of choice that creates uncertainty. And that's the reason why we have so much uncertainty in this world. Because when you think they're going to do one thing, they blow your mind and do something stupid. We do the same thing. Well, he would never. He's not good. Have you ever done that before? You're sitting there watching someone, you're going, he's not going to do that. No, no. There's no, he's not going to try that. No. If he tries to jump that, he's going to break. He's not that stupid. Well, maybe he is. But he's not not that stupid. And so you're thinking in your mind of a certainty he has got more brains than to try that. But it's about the time you've made up your mind. Of a certainty, he's not going to do it. He takes off running and tries to fly and breaks his leg. Because of the power of choice. And that is what is creating in our society today uncertainty. See, there was a couple that was married for 40 years that lots of us know. And if I took bets two years ago and said, Do you think they will be married to death do they part? I would have got, everybody would have said, yeah, I put money on it but one day he moves out not because of another woman he just says i don't want to boss around anymore uncertainty something you think is a sure deal they've been married 40 years it's a sure deal surely surely he's gonna stick it out now but no the power of choice comes into play again see everyone in this room has at one time or another been surprised by people can you say amen if you have been asked to place a bet on their decisions, you would have bet wrong, because that is humanity. When I begin to look at Elijah on Mount Carmel, 1 Kings chapter 18 and 40, for those who may take notes or would like to turn and read that, but when you begin to read verse 40 of 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah said unto them, take the prophet of Baal prophets of Baal let not one of them escape and they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook and he slew them there Woo! victory man now that is first Kings chapter 18 now if I was to say to you do you believe that in two days Elijah's gonna be sitting underneath a tree saying God I wish you'd just kill me and let me die. And then if I said then, he's going to go hide himself in a cave and start pouting and whining and crying. After we read this verse in 1 Kings right here, verse number 40 of chapter 18, most of you would have been and said, no way. No way. I mean, he just killed 400 of these prophets. He just had a great victory. He just went before the king, told him it's going to rain. It's raining. Everything's doing great. We would have bet that he would never want to die. We would bet he'd never be hiding himself. But honey, the power of choice made us wrong in our assumption because things that come our way can make us doubt the power of God. If I told you that God was going to deliver the children of Israel out of slavery, but in a few days they were going to want to come back to Egypt and get right underneath that and be beat to get again, you would have, you you would have pulled out your checkbook and said, "Boy, they'll never do that. Come on, I'll bet you hundred to one. Put it put it down. I, much as money I got, I'll mortgage my house. I'll mortgage my kids. I'll mortgage everything. I'll bet you everything I got. Some of you mortgage kids anyway, hoping you lose But anyway, mortgage the whole thing right there because you would bet." Man, those children of Israel are never going to want to come back down there to Egypt. But the power of choice and circumstances changed what we thought was a sure thing into an uncertainty. Would you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10? I'm not going to preach very long, not over three or four hours. So, and, and I'll be done, I promise. I'm hurrying right along. We're going to have pizza brought in tonight instead of you having to go out. Paul talks about the children of Israel in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you would turn there, I'm going to look at a few verses here. And then we're going to look at Numbers chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 10, Paul's talking about those children of Israel, and he says this. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. The children of Israel had a sure thing based on the promises of God. But when they started looking around at the things that they could see and what they were eating, it was these physical things that so doubt, so doubt in their minds about their outcome, folks. It was this uncertainty that generated murmuring among them, folks. It was their murmuring that destroyed them. Thus, it was their in uncertainty that really destroyed them. Hear what I'm saying? Through faith, we understand. Through faith, we understand. The enemy's plan is to generate uncertainty in God's plan for your life. He's trying... God has given you a promise. God has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has granted you repentance. God has allowed you to be baptized in his wonderful name. And God has filled you with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the devil can do nothing about stopping that. But what he can do is sow doubt in your mind and uncertainty about what God's plan is for your life. And if God is really ever going to do anything with you. He cannot take the Holy Ghost away from you. He cannot drive you out of the church and make you give up God. He can't tear the Holy Ghost and the precious things that God has given to you, but he can sow uncertainty into your mind that you will begin to doubt your experience with God and his plan for your life. Hey, there's no devil in hell that can come into this church, drag you by the nap of your neck and make you backslide. The only way he can do it is to sow uncertainty in your mind and in your heart. It's the only way when you start thinking, can God really see me through? Does God really have the ability to keep me in the church? Let me make it really clear. God is able to keep you. God is able to keep you. I am certain of it, folks. God is able to keep you. Come on, put your hands together and shout hallelujah. We can't understand decisions that are made at times. I'm afraid that there are people in the church that have a misconception of faith. When you begin to look at a passage of Scripture in regards to the children of Israel, and I'm in Numbers chapter 14, and I'm going to look at something there in Numbers chapter. Is it all right if I use some verses tonight? Is that all right? I'll give you time to look there. I hope it's all right to read a few verses. Again, I'm not going to preach very long at all. I mean, I'm coming down to the last last 85% of it. No, coming down to the last part here, Numbers chapter 14 and verse number 2. Look at this. You're saying, why are you jumping over there? Because now we're going to go look where this really happened, what he talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Then we're going to go back to chapter 10 again and look at something else that's in that portion of scripture. But jumping in in Numbers chapter 14 and 2, it says, And all the children of Israel mur- murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? Now look at verse number 3. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us out? Look at someone and say, the Lord, brought us out. the Lord brought us out. Come on, say it with conviction. The Lord brought us out. Do you think the person beside you is convinced? The Lord brought us out. Now listen, the children of Israel are right now murmuring against Moses and against Aaron and against God, but their own words they're saying, the Lord brought us out. They are in their minds acknowledging that there is a God. Here's the misconception with some people in faith. Faith isn't believing in a God. Listen to what I'm saying. Faith is not just believing in a God. If you were to ask them if Jehovah was real, they'd say yeah. Because of why? All the things that they had seen and the fact they were out there was a testimony. How can they say there's no God and they're standing out here free? Everything testified to them that there was a God. But we too oftentimes believe that that's it. That we just need to believe that they they in believe in a God and that's our faith. No, it's more than just believing in a God. Come on, they had seen too much to doubt His existence. If I was asked, many of you, is there really a God? You would say, "Hey, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God." You should have seen what I would have been or where I would be tonight. I cannot deny that there is a God and the power of our God. Come on, some of you dope heads and alcoholics and all these other junk that you were doing. Honey, you can't deny it It was God that set you free at an altar of repentance. We can't take any credit for ourselves. We were bound with chains, but God set us free. Come on, put your hands together and say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, you need to thank the Lord for the liberating power of God. We begin to look at that verse in verse number 3 of Numbers 14 and wherefore hath the Lord brought us out brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey they knew there was a god they believed in a god but the big and problem was is faith is not just believing in a god faith is believing God right. There's a big difference to say I believe in a God and there is a God than saying I believe God unconditionally. It's that lack of belief in God that creates uncertainty in our life. Listen to me, church. We have people that sit on the church. Until the day they backslide, they would never deny that there was a God. But something begins to happen in their minds and in their hearts. And it could be even happening now, and it could have been happening for months. But you need to examine, am I doing more than just believing in a God? Am I really believing in God, or am I believing every word that God has said to me is true? And every promise he has said to me is True, am I believing God that He will bring me through whatever I'm facing today and whatever I'm gonna face tomorrow? People backslide because they stop believing God. They stop believing his word. In this world where everything that can be shaken is being shaken, in a world of uncertainty, we've got to believe God, and we've got to believe his word unconditionally, church. When you begin to read the rest of 1 Corinthians 10, I read verse 10, but verse 11 says, Now all these things happen unto them for... What examples? Honey, God was trying was writing unto us saying hey you need to look at the children of Israel and learn from the lesson with them it's an example unto us to understand that you can believe that there is a God but you lose your faith that that God is going to take care of you and he says you got to understand this was an example to you look at what he says context and what and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. That's us. Verse 12 says, Wherefore, wherefore, Listen, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Church, you are never going to make it in your flesh. You're going to never make it by your cunningness. You're never going to make it on your wits and your ability. You're not going to make it on your talents. The only way you're going to make it is to believe God unconditionally, that God is going to keep you and he's going to save you. (laughs) honey you can say well i'm doing this and i'm doing that and i'm in this ministry and i'm in that ministry and i'm going here and i'm going there hogwash those things aren't going to do it you got to believe god you got to believe god Verse 13 says, there have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. I love the very next phrase. It says, but God is faithful. But God, he is faithful. I believe God. But God is faithful. I believe God. God is faithful. I believe God. God." Come on. Don't look at your finances and judge God that he's not faithful. He is faithful. Come on, put your hands together and say, God is faithful. Come on, God is faithful. You are faithful to your people. Jesus. He says, God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted? I believe, God, that you're not going to put more on me than I can handle. You're not going to load up my wagon till the wheels pop off spiritually. Come on, some of you are walking in places right now. It seems like you're being overwhelmed by problems and trouble and things that are coming your way. I'm trying to preach to someone tonight. Through faith, we understand. You need to hear the word of the Lord and understand that, honey, God is going to take care of you, and God is going to take you through any situation and be right beside you. I have never... Seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging bread. Honey, he's not going to let you starve to death. Matter of fact, it might do us good to miss a few meals. God may put us on a diet, but he's not going to let you starve to death. He may cause everything in your life to fall apart. But this is what I found about God. When he causes everything to fall apart, it's because he's trying to redirect us oftentimes. It's because we're so not headed that we won't change our direction. So God sends all this stuff and blows us away. And the whole time we're thinking, oh, man, it's just the devil. Yeah, he lets the devil do some things in our life and lets him think. Hey, prime example, Job. And the problem is Job wasn't the one that had the problem. Bible says, man, that guy was a good guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But hey, how can we understand why things are happening? Buddy, you're never going to understand why some things happen to you. Give it up. Throw in the towel because his ways are far above our ways. His thoughts, buddy, are way up there and we can't attain to them. But this one thing I know, through faith, we understand, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God in everything that comes my way, that he's going to take care of me. Woo! Will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. You know what? When things get really bad, and it just looks like. I'm about ready to give up. God pulls back the trapdoor lever, and there I go, and I'm out of it. There's been things, Pastor, and you know, it looks like you are walking down into a blind alley right. that there are no exits, and every wall is a hundred feet, just like the children of Israel. He's come they're coming that way. mountain that side. mountain that side. And a river and sea up there. What are we gonna do? <laughs> I gotta call President Obama. See me, give me some social help. Airlift me out of here. But you can't trust in the government. We can't trust in the government. We can't trust. In we can't trust in <laughs> We're becoming real dependent on the government. But we can't trust in the government. God puts you in a blind alley, and there's nowhere for you to go. And then he sticks a big, huge obstacle behind you. And then he says, the only way out of this alley is to go through that problem. (laughs) How many of you have been there before? (laughs) And the next thing you're doing, you're looking around saying, okay, where's the fire escape? You know, these buildings, man, they should be up to code. There should be a fire escape here. We get out our spiritual phones and start trying to dial 911 and get help. You ain't going to get any help from there. What he's going to do is give you strength. I believe God. Through faith we understand. He's going to give us strength. If he put that big old thing right in my way, and he said the only way out of alley is going that way, then you know what I understand. Is he's gonna. I'm gonna be like Popeye with my can of spinach. I'm gonna spiritually pop open that can, eat me some spinach, poof, turn into Brother Novick. Mm. <laughs> you hear that, Brother Novick? turn into mother Novik. i'm gonna turn around i'm gonna face my problem and I, because i believe god i'm gonna go through it because god is gonna take me through it through faith we believe through faith we believe through faith we believe come on you try to find a way around it god's gonna throw it in your path again Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the Word of God. I told you I was almost done, and I'm going to almost be done. I'm wrapping up. The only way you are certain that God created the world is through His Word. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Through faith we understand. The Word of God is sure And forever settled in heaven. The promises of that book, folks. Nobody. Look at you. Somebody beside you say nobody. Nobody. (laughs) There is nobody. Pastor, there is no atheist. In all of their little committees they put together. There's no big old group of the homosexuals you talked about when they get together. There is no Islamic organization. There is no group of people that can get together and stop the power of God from working in our lives and helping us to do what God has called us to do. I'm going to tell you, nobody can stop the promises of that Bible. And this Bible right here says there's going to be revival in the last days. And we're in the last days. And let me tell the devil right now, honey, I don't care what you're doing and what you're trying to do. My God is greater than everything you can throw in our way. And we're going to have faith in God. Through faith, we believe that God can do all things. Whew. You people that are doing this homeless work, when you get down there, you don't need to back up from the spirits and the things that you're facing down there. And some of the times you say, oh, they don't feel right. Honey, what you need to do is begin to believe God. Believe God. Believe God. Take dominion over things. Begin to pray. And God can give deliverance to people. How many of you are ready for the word of the Lord as I wrap this up tonight? How many of you are ready for the word of the Lord tonight as we wrap this up? Let me tell you something. I don't have no sad stories, and I'm not trying to push down anywhere. I'm trying to build up the work of God. I'm trying to get some of you to start flexing your muscles spiritually and saying, come on, whatever God you send my way, I'm going to be victorious in Christ Jesus. I don't care who falls out. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they say. I'm going to live for God. <laughs> woo I'm going to tell you this, stand to your feet. That way it will give you a little relief to think that I'm going to finish real soon. Before I go this, I want to ask you, do you really believe this book is true? If you don't, you don't have any hope. Through faith, we believe. Through faith, we understand. Through faith, we understand. But the only thing we can really trust in is this book, and God. That's all. Amen. And if you don't, if you don't get this thing, and it, you don't believe it, there's thing people out there say this book isn't really true. You will hear that this thing is not really true. It's full of errors. That's knuckleheads, and that's the enemy. Because what's going on is he is destroying your foundation and the source of your faith and hope and understanding. If you don't believe the word of God is true, then you don't have a proper understanding of the power of God and who he is. Thus, when you face problems, you are not going to handle them correctly, and you'll be gone. You've got to believe this book is really true, and it has power, folks. I remember knocking doors years ago. And after a few doors we knocked I remember knocking on some doors And these people would say Another I'll just say it Mormons We knock on door I'm not throwing stones I'm just telling you This is the facts And we knock on doors And I got to the point And they'd say Well I'm Mormon So this is a question I'll always ask them Because from this point on I need to know I'd say now If I can show you In this book It's always carrying our Bible When we knock on doors If I can show you in this book that that book you have is incorrect which book are you going to take 100% pastor 100% they always said we're going to take this book because it's the more modern book and this one they disregard you know what end of conversation I'm out the door I don't waste time why because everything I am based on and built on and my foundation is, is this book I cannot take their book, even though I can go to the book of Alma in their book and show them where there's baptism in the name of Jesus. I can show that there is one God. I can show them where there are errors in their own book and that this book shows those errors out. I can prove it. I I, I know enough about that. But when they say, I'm going to take that book over this book, church, this is what we're built on. This is it. Through faith we understand and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is it. This has got to be what we're testing ourselves with. Now then, I'm gonna give you some scriptures. Are you ready? We've got to understand God's presence. And the word of the Lord says this read it with me. I will. Hebrews chapter 13 and 2, it's talking about the presence of God. God's protection, it says, I. We talk about God's power, it says, I. We're talking about God's provisions, I will. I will. Where's that found? Isaiah 41 and 10. I will help thee. God's provisions. God's leading. Look what it says. And when he put forth his own sheep. What does it say? He. Whoa. Did you understand? Before you walk into a situation. He's already in front of you. Testing the waters. To see what's coming your way. Hey, come on, sheep. Thank God for the great shepherd. Thank for our great shepherd. Come on, look at the word of God God's purpose. I know the thoughts. Come on, read it out loud. I know the thoughts that I have for you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Woo! Look at this God's goodness. No. Woo, God's faithfulness. Come on, somebody, hold on a minute. Some of you are are not even reading. I don't know if it's because you can't read or if it's, I don't know really what's going on here. We're talking about the Word of God, the most precious thing in all the world. It's our foundation. It's a thing that helps us. And through faith, we understand. We have a knowledge. And, and the faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. This thing right here is going to help somebody to understand He's our power. He's our provisions. He's our strength. He's our leader. He's our protection. He's everything we got. And all of this stuff is coming out of the Word of God. Now then, can some of you help me read the rest of these with a little bit of enthusiasm and help me with just, let's just try to get, let's just get a little more enthused about the Word of God instead of this. It's like you're reading some kind of Wendy's menu or something. (laughs) Would you like a BLT or a baked potato? This is the Word of God. Listen to this. The Lord... When you wake up tomorrow morning and you get in one of the hottest trials that you've ever been in your life, God is going to be there with you because he won't forsake his people. And Bubba, if you're in a fight tonight, honey, don't get blinded. Don't, don't get blinded by your situation. Understand, he is with you. Woo, this is just the word of God. Look at what it says, according to Look at this, the guidance of God. It says what? (laughs) Look at this, the wise plan of God. Does anybody know what the date is today? 828, all things work together for good of them that love God. How about God's rest, it says? Through faith, we understand. Let me tell you something. If you really understand, you will never backslide. You will never backslide. If you really understand all of these things about my God, you will never even doubt my God one bit. Can I put it another way? There's never going to be any uncertainty in your mind and heart about the outcome of my God. Look at this one. God's cleansing. Look at what it says. Some of you may say, well, I've done some things that maybe I shouldn't have done, and I haven't made all the right choices. They. <laughs> The enemy's again trying to confuse you with putting thoughts in your mind that you're just a scumbucket and good for nothing and you're the worst sinner in the whole entire church and you need to get out of there as soon as you can before you pollute all the other people. Well, let me tell you something. Everyone in this house has made some big boo-boos. Some big boo-boos you can't even buy. Band-Aids big enough to cover. I mean some really big, big mistakes. Can can somebody say a hearty amen to that? That's the honest people. Right there. But in all of these things, am I justifying your wrong? No, but I'm telling you, it happens. Yeah. Things happen to us, but have confidence in God to this. If we... You know what happens? We are control freaks. And as long as we are in control, then all is well. But see, God likes to place us in areas that we can't control. Because it is those areas of uncertainty that we have to trust God. <laughs> we get to. woo! We don't need God if we can work it out for ourselves. See, this world is full of uncertainty. Uncertainty in the housing market. Uncertainty in the stock market, uncertainty in your job security, there is even uncertainty in the church. People think, hey, whoa, the church is going to hell in a the handbasket. There's all kinds of uncertainty. What is this saying to the palace of praise? And it's what I really preach tonight is to build you up and to make you realize that there is only one true, sure, certain thing in this world, and it's Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Redeemer. And if the world is full of uncertainty then that means the fields are white, ready for harvest and ready for a revival for somebody who has a certain and sure thing. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of God. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You need to look over at somebody beside you and say, God is a sure thing. Come on, high five somebody near you and say, God is a sure thing. Now, come down here to the front. Everybody, come on down. Come on down. I'm not going to bite you. I may spit on you a little bit, but come on down. It's a glory spray. Come on down. Now, this is what I'm going to do. It's not one of those things where you're going to fall down, boo-hoo, and cry and do all that things. No. Let me tell you something. The church has got to get strong. We've got to believe in our believe God. We've got to get strong. We've got to do more than just believe there is a God. We've got to believe God. There's no way that we can reach to a weak world if the church is weak. We cannot say, I need you to believe there is a God and believe that God is going to take care of you. If we don't believe in God, believe that He is everything we need so I want you to start walking among people right here and I want you to start shaking the hands of people around you and I want you to start saying to them my God is the almighty almighty Come on, I want you to begin shaking hands and walk among these people right here. Some of you need to begin to start realizing God is the Almighty. It's not He's going to be in the future, and it's not He was in the past, but God is the Almighty. Come on, you need to say it with some enthusiasm. Some of you that are going through problems, make sure that you hear somebody telling you, God is the Almighty. Come on, church, I want some of you to hug some people's neck and with some real enthusiasm tell them, God is the Almighty. There are people in the midst of a battle in this service tonight. Through faith we understand God is the Almighty and he has everything in control. I'm done. I will. I'll go get it done. Now you ready? We need each other because this battle is not by ourselves. It's one with another. Women on this side, men on this side, grab somebody's hand. Women on this side, over on this side men over on this side, we need one another. We need to strengthen one another. When we get out there... The enemy likes to isolate, and it's happening at the Palace of Praise. He likes to isolate us and get us off to ourselves, create uncertainty into us, and think nobody cares about us. Let me tell you something. There are people that love you, and there are people that care about where you are. They care about your situation. They care about your soul. They care about your children. They're caring about the battle you're in. Hey, there's a church that loves you right here. And don't let the devil lie to you and sow uncertainty in your mind that people don't love you. We love you. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I want us to begin to pray for one another right now. Come on, you strengthen the one that's beside you by praying. Come on, guest. We love you around here. Children, we love you around here. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you right now, strengthen every soul that is in this house right now. God, I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, help us, Lord, to believe your word. God, help us to believe the Spirit of God that is testifying and confirming your word right now, Oh God. I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to strengthen people in this church, strengthen young people, God, right now that have doubts. Strengthen, I pray, God, right now some singles that are in the middle of a battle, that, God, you are desiring, oh Lord, to do a mighty work in their life. But, God, they have doubts and uncertainties in their mind. God, through faith we understand what's going on. Through faith, oh God, we understand the battle. And oh God, we may not understand what's going on totally, but God, we have confidence in you. Come on, church, pray for one another. Come on, extend your love toward one another. We need one another. In the name of Jesus, work your perfect will. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
0: The Lord God will allow us to get into circumstances we cannot solve. And it's in those times when you can lose faith. You'll even wonder if he cares. You'll wonder, does he know where I'm at? Does he love me? I don't think you heard me. He will actually allow us to get into circumstances we can't handle. We're not big enough. We're not smart enough. We're not strong enough. We're not wise enough. So what do you do? You look to him in faith and believe God. For the sparks have brought us a tremendous word tonight. Amen, amen. Now think with me. Think. Put your think cap on. King Hezekiah of Judah, a godly king. I should say, Jehoshaphat of Judah, a godly king. He got wind that three heathen armies got together in one army to come and wipe them out. The Ammonites, the Moabites, and the children of Mount Seir, heathen, ungodly, joined together in one militant army to come and wipe out King Jehoshaphat and Judah. Jehoshaphat, what you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He called for a time of prayer and fasting in Jerusalem. And the people gathered from all over Judah to Jerusalem and the house of God. Not for a singing fest but to pray and fast. To do what? To believe God. Because they were serving the living God. These three allied armies weren't serving the living God. But Jehoshaphat was. Go back and read the record. It's beautiful. It's inspirational. And while they're praying and fasting and waiting on God, For deliverance and victory, a man in the congregation, listen, was moved upon by the Holy Ghost and he prophesied by the gifts of the Spirit, which God wants to do in this church. By a gift of the Spirit, a man by the name of Jehaziel was moved upon by the Spirit, and he prophesied, and he spoke to Jehoshaphat and and Judah and said, Jehoshaphat, you're not going to need to fight in this battle, for the battle is not yours, Jehoshaphat. It's mine. It's my battle. It belongs to me. Jehoshaphat. All you need to do, Jehoshaphat, is appoint singers. What? What a strategy. Appoint singers that will begin to sing and to worship God. Crazy. But this was God's method. It was not the concoction of human minds. It was not human planning and scheming. It was the operation of the Holy Ghost through Jehaziel gave Jehoshaphat and Judah a word from God. And he did just that. He appointed singers. And when they began to sing and to praise and to worship God, some of you aren't listening to me. The Bible said, God sent ambushments against Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. And do you know what he further did? He brought confusion to those three armies. And they started killing each other. And when it was all over, and they were dead, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and the Judahites we're blessed to pick up the spoils. I think it took three days to gather up all the spoils from the heathen. But as Brother Sparky said, too often because of our faithlessness, we're trying to work it out, and it don't work. Thank you, Brother Spark. Thank you, Brother Spark. Amen. We're going to baptize here. He's going to baptize his son. Little Danzel, the littlest one of the Sparks, got the Holy Ghost. And he wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. Go ahead, Brother Spark.
1: ghost and so he's the last of my family my kids now that needed the holy ghost and Denzel definitely needed it amen <laughs> so and there was the last sparks kid and my dad's grandkids that needed the holy ghost so i thank the lord for that would you join with me let's pray for him that god would direct him, his journey's just beginning with god lord jesus we're thankful oh god for the gift of the holy oh, ghost god, that you have given oh god unto god. Denzel, Denzel. Lord, we're asking you, O God, to put your angels round about him him on every side, Lord. Asking you, O God, to protect him and keep him, Lord, Lord, physically and spiritually, Lord. Asking, Lord, that you would lead him both day and night, that he would walk, O Lord, in the paths of righteousness. For your name's sake, Lord, we give you all the glory and the honor, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for filling him, O God, with the Holy Ghost, O God. And ask you, Lord Jesus, to be his strength, Lord, all oh, day and night. Give him Jesus, understanding, oh Lord, I pray, Jesus, pray, as he walks with Jesus, you. In, name in Jesus' name, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Put your hand in there, go, right There Denzel, it gives me great pleasure to baptize you in the wonderful name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Hallelujah. Praise Praise God.
0: God. Praise hallelujah, God. God. hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Praise God. Mm. I believe God, I believe God, just as he said. So will he do, trust and obey, believe him and say. I believe, I believe God, oh, I believe God. I BELIEVE GOD, JUST YOU WILL, AND IT SHALL BE DONE. TRUST AND OBEY, BELIEVE HIM AND SAY, I BELIEVE, I BELIEVE GOD, OH, I BELIEVE GOD, I BELIEVE GOD, ASK WHAT YOU WILL, AND IT SHALL BE DONE. TRUST AND OBEY, BELIEVE HIM AND SAY, I believe, I believe God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Sister Pam Brewer, Sister Bernice McRae, God's going to provide you with housing. Amen. Believe God. Amen. Don't look at the facts. Jehoshaphat didn't look at the facts, he looked at God. And there's where we make a mistake. All right. God bless you. School in the morning, nine o'clock. Everybody be on time. A good breakfast. Sleep good tonight. Would you greet one another? Greet our guests. Greet our visitors. It's good to see Miss Valerie back again tonight.